Hey yo, you are listening to the podcast of thousands. Late night talk, showcasing performers, and last time with zero the budget. Here's your host, Mikey P. Welcome everyone. I'm your host, Michael Panessa, and this is the Podcast of Thousands, where we showcase performers like athletes and ventriloquists and everything in between. On tonight's show, we'll have guest musician Joe Panessa with music by his indie rock band, Houston Gray. But first, and now, moments with Michael. I definitely sit a lot more. And for longer periods of time, when I go to the bathroom, even just to pee. I'm not sure when it started, but it's definitely been a few years. You probably don't want to borrow my phone, ever, as it's usually with me in here. There, in the bathroom. From time to time, I'll read the labels on anything on the counter or in the medicine cabinet, but most times I'm on my phone. Anyone out there I play words with friends with, be warned of where I may be forming that winning word. Text, emails, Facebook posts and likes... Everything is fair game, and I'm always looking for new ways to be productive. It seems like a waste to just sit there. Shoot, we can edit that out. And that was Moments with Michael. And now I'd like to welcome our guest, musician Joe Panessa from the indie rock band Houston Gray. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Joe's my cousin and probably one of the most musically talented Panessas in our family. Uh, Do you know any other Panessas that are better than you, Joe? Ah, better than me. I'm sure there's got to be quite a few out there, but uh, <laughs> musically, musically, Joe. you know, what's surprising is the other day I actually searched up Pawanessa on YouTube and I, in the past, I've never seen any, but there are a few Pawanessa musicians out there now. So, uh, we're coming up. <laughs> all right. All right. There's a whole group of you. Um, <laughs> tell me how, how did you form the band? Oh, geez. So, uh, well, it just started as just myself as a singer songwriter, just writing on my own and uh came across um an ad for uh another musician and uh we were supposed to meet up this one night and uh i don't know his phone was like dying and having trouble giving him directions on to where this uh this jam spot was that we were supposed to meet up and uh so i ended up tearing out in the middle of a blizzard to go looking for for this guy uh stewart and uh, there he was on the side of of the road, no sidewalk or anything, trudging through these big, massive uh, snow banks, um, trying to find this jam spot. Um, and uh, so we ended up jamming that night, and we knew right away, right there, there was a band, um, and the other pieces were going to fall in. Uh, it took us about a year and a half together to uh, find, I guess, um, a dedicated rhythm section um and we just added uh ryan and caleb last year and uh they're just an amazing backbone uh to our band and uh yeah since then it's been about uh like i said about a year together and we've been uh writing and performing and we're finally ready to uh to release our first ep so very cool where where'd the name come from Houston gray uh well Everybody who knows me knows I'm a huge U2 fan, and I love Bono. And uh, that's actually Bono's last name is Houston. His name is Paul Houston. So took Houston and uh, my sister actually when we were sitting around. I was I'm like it's got to have something else like after it like a color or something like that. So Houston black, Houston white, 
And at the time, she jumped up and she's like, Houston Gray. She's like, your music's very depressing. So it's it's a perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that fits. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm a big uh, superhero guy. Superman, hands down, is the best. Don't even argue with me about that. Uh, but in the music universe, the music world, who are your superheroes? Oh, my superheroes. Well, I already mentioned Bono. He's just the ultimate showman. Uh, it doesn't matter how old he gets. He he can make a 20,000-person arena feel like a tiny little uh, club with, uh, you know, might be 200 feet away from you, but you still feel like he's right next to you singing. So I always kind of have that in the back of my head when I'm trying to perform. Ever since I was young, I just, there's a guitar player up in Canada named Ian Thornley. I don't know if you guys have heard of Big Rec down in the States or in California, but uh, one of the most uh, phenomenal guitar players I've ever had a chance to witness live and, and watch and love the work that he does. I don't know, I'm also a huge Radiohead fan. I love Radiohead. Uh, Very cool. Tom York. Very cool. And uh, Johnny Greenwood. And I just, it's every album that comes out just seems to get better and better. I don't know. They just, they, they know what they're doing. So, but I mean, my, geez, that's a loaded question. I could go on and on. I mean, Jimmy Page and, you know, Jimi Hendrix and. Nice, nice. What would Bono say about your band? He's out there. He's, he's listening. He's heard you play. <laughs> uh, what do you think? He, what do you think he said about you? I think he'd be pretty, pretty happy with what he heard. I, I would hope so. I think I try to, I definitely model my uh, guitar stylings after the edge and after that kind of U2-ish sound. So I would really hope that he'd be, uh, I don't know, I hope that he'd like it. He'd like what he saw. Have you guys, you guys have played some shows. How many, how many shows have you guys played? Uh, total since we started? Yeah. Uh, probably somewhere in the 30, 30 shows by now somewhere in the 30 to 40 range. Um, there's a lot of little one-off shows that uh, Stuart and I'll jump off to just as a duo. But uh, yeah, as a full band, we've been really, really busy for the last year. You know, usually we're shooting between, you know, three, four, sometimes five shows uh, in, in a month. So it can get pretty busy. So yeah, I'd say around 30 or 40. So you must be uh, starting to gather a following. See a lot of stuff online about you guys. Yeah, we're lucky that... Uh, we have such a supportive, uh, you know, we got a lot of friends and tons of family that uh, just want to see us do well. They're always out every gig. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, I even tell them, I'm like, but we're not playing anything new this show. And they still, they're like, doesn't matter. You're you're on stage and we're coming out to support. So we're very lucky that way. Uh, and lately, there's been a lot more people just coming up after shows, just saying, hey, you know, introducing themselves, saying they love the music and, uh, Wanting a course, wanting to correspond even after the show, which is which is awesome. We're, I mean, that's that's the reason we do it. Is just you know we want to put our art, art out there and we want people to like it. I mean, who doesn't want uh, people to enjoy what they're doing? So um, yeah, the more people I get to talk to after, the better. And uh, we're starting to see that just uh, more and more people coming out. So I think, uh, well, we believe we're on the right track. So you'll have to come up with a name for your fans, right? Or do you already have one <laughs> for your super fans? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. The, <laughs> we'll come up with one. Yeah, I'm definitely not the clever one of the group. So uh, not the marketing just, guy. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can help you guys out with that. I'll think of something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So as you mentioned, and if uh, the listening audience has not uh, picked up on your accent or you're about, uh, you're from Canada, right? You guys are all live in Canada. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Stuart, uh, the other uh, gentleman that I write with, he. Uh, he was actually born in, in Canada, moved back to Scotland 
for about ooh, over 10 years, I think. And then uh, recently came back to Canada just, uh, I think it was three or four years ago. So, so yeah, we're, we're part, part Canadian, part Scottish, I guess. <laughs> okay. Well, I'd like to uh, prepare some people planning to move to Canada if uh, Trump becomes the president of the United States. You know what's going on right now. I'm sure you guys have heard all that. Oh, yeah. Um, so I found an article. I found an article. I'm not, this isn't about politics. Uh, I found an article. It's titled, 10 Things You Can't Say to a Canadian. <laughs> all right. So I want, I want you to think. I, w- I want you to see if you can guess three of them. See if you can guess three of them. What are, what are 10 things you can't, what are some things you cannot say to a Canadian or that a Canadian would not like? Oh. And most of these are probably coming from somebody from the United States. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you can't touch hockey. That's, that's gotta be one. It's gotta be one. Disparaging comments about hockey. There you go. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Right off the bat. Okay. It's gotta be something about Tim Hortons on there. Uh, no, that's not on the list. Huh. Let's see, hockey. Well, saying that we all say a boot because uh, we don't think. Ding, 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 we, ding, we ding, ding. definitely ding. don't think we do. <laughs> that was definitely on the list. A dash boot. A boot. Do we actually? Does that actually come through? It was close. It is? It was close. Yeah. Yeah, you did earlier. You did earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, the last time I was down there, everybody was swearing. They're like, no, you got a little bit of an accent. Like, I can definitely tell you're. You know, you're not from the States and I don't know. It's so weird. I, I just feel like we speak the same, but I guess we don't. <laughs> you're doing great. You're doing great. A boot. Oh, and then the whole A. I've probably already said A, I don't know, 10 times in this interview. Anything in a fake Canadian accent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's one I have. Here's one I have no idea. Uh, where was it? Uh, well, there's things like Canada is the 51st United States. Oh, no. If people people say that. Uh, Canadian beer sucks. I don't think it sucks. Oh, man. They've never Great. been to Canada. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> uh, cheese and gravy? Ew. What does that mean? Poutine. You've never had a, the fries with the cheese curds and the gravy on top. I have not. No? It sounds oh, delicious. A, it sounds great. Yeah, that's definitely a... Uh, I think it came from Quebec, Montreal area, but, uh, oh man, there's, uh, you should see the different varieties they have of it now. I mean, you can get bacon in there and yeah, they've, they've kind of taken it and ran with it. So, but you gotta have, um, poutine as we call it on the West, uh, I guess out in the West. So sounds good. Definitely have to. Um, and then Quebec should separate from Canada. I don't get that one either. What's that about? Oh, that's been going on for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Quebec? They don't like you? What, uh, what is it? What is it? There's kind of a, I guess you could say, culture clash of, uh, you know, languages and, and culture, like I said. Um, some feel like they want to preserve their French culture and separate and have their own have their own country. Um, but, I mean, that's been, I think they had a referendum quite a while back and it didn't go through, so. Yeah, nothing, nothing happened on on, on that front. <laughs> we we love Quebec too much. We can't we can't see them leave. They've got one of the most beautiful cities in it in Montreal. Anybody's ever gone there? I mean, it's it's like you're in Europe. You don't really don't feel like you're in Canada when you're in Montreal. So we can't. Montreal is part of Canada. I think most of Canada is beautiful, though, right? Oh, it's I, I it's it's mind boggling how often I can be somewhere new in Canada. I mean, it's so big that. 
it's very easy to find yourself somewhere you've never been before. And just looking around and in awe, you really don't feel like you're at home. You're not on, you know, your, your own soil. Just there's, it's so gorgeous. So talking about uh, geography, what's the, the furthest you guys have traveled to perform? Do you guys get out pretty far out or do you stick, stick really close to home? This newest project, I mean, for me, us, we've all come from different bands and, uh, and that. But this latest project, we're just starting to, uh, to head out of the province. Uh, right now, we've only really been in Alberta, but um, we're heading out to British Columbia for our first show in October up in Prince George, which is uh, pretty much, uh, there's not much going up in northern BC. It's the one town that's got, you know, a big university in it. And uh, we're lucky again to have some friends and family up there that have uh, kind of been begging for us to come up and see them. So, um, so yeah, that'll be our first. And then uh, right now we're looking forward to next summer and uh, hopefully booking quite a few more in the Western Canadian area. And who knows? I mean, we've, I know we, there's a couple uh, festivals in California that are on our radar, so you never know. That was my next question. Where would you like to perform? So that'd, that'd be great to get you out here somewhere. Ah, oh, geez. I've, well, the first place that jumps out is uh, San Fran. Um, I know you know I'm a Niners fan, so yeah, still yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a chance <laughs> to see the new stadium. So uh, I think the yeah. first place I'd be going out in Cali for a show would be San Fran. And uh and then down, down to uh, Orange, so I can perform for uh, friends and family there. Very cool, very cool. Okay, uh, so I got a, I got a little quiz for you. I know I already quizzed you once, but um, how smart are musicians? Okay, I've got a couple of questions. All right, now I know you're smart. Uh, you're a very smart guy. <laughs> uh, what is the first question? Is what is an idiom? Do you know what an idiom is? I should know this being a teacher and <laughs> that's why I said you're smart. Having should be smart. Taught it before. Uh, it's, it's like, it's a saying that means something completely different. Um, exactly. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. <laughs> correct. It's expression. The, the words mean something else than what you think they would mean. Okay. So the real question is what is the, what does the idiom break a leg mean? Oh, just go out there and, and kill it. Just <laughs> uh, Do you know where it came from? Break a leg. Or why people say break a leg. Oh, I have, That's a tough top one. Of my head, I can't think of why. I'm, is it something completely like obvious? And <laughs> um, uh, not really. I'm just going to tell you. It's a super, it was a superstition thing in, in theater. So, you know, and, and a lot of performers are superstitious. I don't know if you guys are, but I know in sports and, and you know, athletes are really superstitions, superstitious where they won't, you know, like they wear the same hat and they won't uh, clean their underwear or whatever. <laughs> and because and, uh, they're on a streak or something like that. But yeah. so it was a uh, it was a superstition thing huh. in theater because, you know, they considered if somebody wished you good luck, it would be. And they were superstitious that that would bring you bad luck, so huh. they started this thing of break a leg. So that's part of the part of the uh, last the last show we talked about cast of thousands and what that meant, and and break a leg is the is a the second idiom, and these are two two words that you'll obviously cast of thousands you'll see in our name of the podcast of thousands, and and then uh, break a leg for all of our performers that we'll be interviewing, such as yourself. So. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, so later in the show, we'll be playing uh, uh, one of your songs that you picked, uh, "Dancing in the Rain." Yeah. Uh, why'd you pick? Why did you pick that one? So, uh, of all the songs that you guys have so far, it's kind of the. I don't know. I guess it's kind of the lead single off of the EP, um, and uh, it's a it's a song that's kind of de- dear to me. Uh, we didn't when Stu and I started working together. We didn't um, bring too many songs from the past into the new stuff we were writing. A lot of it was done, you know, him and I. And this one, it was from a little further back, uh, but upon hearing it as a full band, we all. Just we kind of knew there was something there, and I, I just think the melodies in it and uh, the layout of the song is just—I don't know—it's uh, it's an easy one to tap your your toe to, and uh, kind of just an easy listening rock song. And the message behind it is kind of uh, an interesting one as well. And I didn't even really want it. To, I think <laughs> it's funny how these things start to get away from you. And anybody who plays in a band, you know, your your song titles are. You know, they, if they're anything, the time on on the clock when you wrote it or uh, whatever's on the, sitting on the table in front of you when you wrote it. Or it's just something so that you can remember what that song's all about. And this one, I don't think it was going to be called Dancing in the Rain. Uh, but that's just then that's the way it went and just kind of stayed like that for, for the whole time. And so, yeah, it is Dancing in the Rain now. Okay. And we'll hear that one a little bit later. I want to talk about one other song. So... Last night, I'm, I'm digging around uh, YouTube, um, looking for, uh, you know, just catching up on some of your music. And I ran across this 12 years long gone song. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, and uh, I hadn't seen it, hadn't heard about it. Um, but you, you, you talk about uh, how you came up with the song uh, in the beginning. And uh, it's, uh, it was really, really touching. I don't know if you want to quickly quickly say what the what the song is about yeah that's uh it's unfortunately i guess one of the songs that uh didn't kind of make it over onto this project but um it's one that i you know hold pretty deeply it's um it's about an uncle uh, that we share back in in italy and uh i got the chance to go visit him uh it was 2010 i believe and, uh, you know, he was, he's living in a extended care facility and unfortunately he, he can't speak. Um, and, you know, leading up to going for this visit to see him, uh, you know, everybody's very, you know, doom and gloom and talking about how, you know, he's just not there anymore. And, uh, so I, I wasn't sure what to expect when I went to visit him. Uh, but it really didn't take long sitting with him. And uh, seeing, you know, how well he was being treated. And uh, I, I'll never forget, like, he, you know, there was a moment where we kind of looked at each other. And um, he didn't say anything while we were there. But uh, there was a connection. Like, he somehow told me, like, he's all good. And he's happy. And uh, I knew right in that moment I was already kind of taking in the whole moment and kind of putting it away in my mind for lyrics. Um because I really wanted to just save that moment, and I guess the song is kind of is kind of that. It's just a snapshot of a little bit about his life and uh, the meeting I had with him. So, yeah, I had that same meeting with him. Went there the summer after my 
uh, I got married. Uh, my wife and I went and we took that same drive and, and, and visit. And, uh, to see that you, uh, memorialize that with this song. Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty touching. I was glad to find that, that gem last night. So really, really cool. Really cool. I'm glad you found it too. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I'm very focused on what's in front of me at times and it's nice to be able to kind of go back and remember things that I've, you know, that might not be right in front of me. Um, because yeah, I mean, seeing it again and kind of listening to the song again brought, uh, all those memories back. So, yeah, very cool. Very cool that you did that. Um, so as we, uh, are winding down here, uh, I want to talk about, uh, your EP release coming out, I believe September 9th. Yep. Yeah. Is that correct. Tell, tell us about it. So, uh, well, we're, we're lucky enough that we have, uh, we're working with, a another record label here in Edmonton, a local record label that uh, is very driven to bringing a lot of the, you know, the great local artists that exist in a lot of cities around the world. Uh, this one, obviously in Edmonton, uh, bringing those local artists forward and giving them a chance to release things. Um, so we're lucky that uh, this first EP uh, is going out on CD and, you know, all those other digital formats, iTunes, Spotify, all that. Um, and it's even going to be coming out on vinyl. Uh, Dancing in the Rain actually was uh, released as a limited run on 7-inch vinyl. Uh, we love, we're all vinyl addicts in the band, and, and so is the uh, the owner of the label, Steve. So um, we're just so pumped. I know it's been a dream of, of Stuart and mine to have our stuff on on vinyl. So uh, we're excited for it. It's um, It's five songs. I think it's just under 27 minutes long. We, for some reason, we tend to write a little bit longer of a, of a typical song. Dancing in the Rain is kind of the anomaly because I think it's only three and a half minutes or something. But yeah, we're we're just we're proud. We started this in uh, November of 2015, and it's been a long, long haul just to get to this point. So uh, we're excited, and uh, you know when the songs were kind of being mixed down throughout the summer and we were starting to get some of the initial mixes, we all were just kind of looking at each other like, Oh my gosh, I, I you know, I got to send this to my mom. <laughs> She's got to hear this or I got to send this to whoever <laughs> they got to, they're never going to believe that we did this. So, um, we're, we're super excited to get it out. Excellent. You doing anything big for the release? Yeah, we're, uh, so we're going to be having a huge, uh, release party, at a venue out here in Edmonton called the Aviary. Good friend of mine, Philip, runs it. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to have a couple other bands with us, Wheels of Industry, one of them. And actually, Carl, uh, who plays in that band, is the one that uh, mixed and mastered our album at Dancing Crow Audio. So uh, shout out to him. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to have an awesome party, friends, family. Uh, we're going to perform, obviously, the songs on the EP as well, some uh, some other stuff. And, uh I won't give it away, but we got a special uh, cover that we learned just for that night. Ah, cool, cool. Something uh, for everybody to anticipate. Yeah, yeah, something. It's, uh, I'll, I'll just say it's a sexy song. I'll leave it at that. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm not going to try to guess. All right. Uh, thank you, Joe, for your time. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. And uh, everybody can get all the details and links about uh, Joe and Houston Gray in our show notes. Uh, say hello to the family, Joe. 
Hey, everybody. Miss you guys lots. We'll uh, see you soon. <laughs> and good luck. Thank you very much. Music's always been important to me. Whether it be rocking out in the car or doing the running man at the club, I like listening to a lot of different music. I thought I'd let artists and bands submit their music to the podcast of thousands, and we'd showcase it for them on each episode. As promised, here's the song Dancing in the Rain by the indie rock band Houston Gray. If you like it, you can get all the information you need about Houston Gray in our show notes. Enjoy.
You've been listening to the Podcast of Thousands. Check us out at www.podcastofthousands.com and on iTunes. While you're there, make sure to subscribe, review us, and leave your comments. You can get all the details and links in our show notes. Thank you for listening, and to all you performers out there, break a leg.